0: Well, good morning, Freedom Family. It's good to be back with you for another special fifth Sunday service. Um, So I just want you guys to think back for a second. Think back to when you guys were kids. You guys were growing up. Some of you still are kids, so you don't have to think back that far. Some of you got to think back a little bit further. Probably not that far, though. Um, But I'm going to say probably everyone here, when they were growing up, they had like that one thing that they're like, I want to be that when I grow up, right? Like, who had something? Like, it was probably like, okay, I want to be, I don't know, a firefighter. I want to be an astronaut. I want to be, I don't know, a marine biologist. I don't know if five-year-olds want to be marine biologists. But I don't know. I want to be an archaeologist when I was a kid, you know, because I love playing with dinosaurs. But, like, we all wanted to be, like, something. And I remember, like, in those moments as a child, there was, like, limitless potential for what I could do. Like, there was no limit on anything. There was no challenge that I was like, okay, you know what? Yeah, there's definitely going to be financial barriers there. You know, there's going to be, I don't know, maybe an economic downturn or anything like that. Like, no, you didn't think of that as a kid. You're just like, I'm going to be an astronaut. I'm going to be in space. Like, that's it. I just, you have so much potential. And so the, uh, the only thing stopping us from these incredible visions of the future was simply, you know, our age. And uh, many of us couldn't wait until we were older. How many of you couldn't wait until you were older when you were a kid? And now you got there and you're like, man, I really miss not having responsibilities. (laughs) Yeah, been there recently. (laughs) So, but fast forward a little bit and some of us, maybe we've accomplished those dreams. Others are still holding out hope and others have still, you know, maybe they've given up entirely. And resigned yourselves to the thought that, you know, you're past your prime and unable to reasonably attain those once spectacular dreams. You know, some have dreams that are tied to money, others material items, other career accomplishments, others still are family oriented. No matter who you are, you know, you've had a dream one way or the other. And the men and the women of the Bible are no exception. One such man that many of you know of, his name was Abraham, formerly Abram. He had a dream of becoming a father. You know, this was something that he wanted. He wanted this so much, and yet they weren't able to have a child. He was 99 years old, and so the older and older that him and his wife got, the more of an impossibility that it seemed, and they still really wanted this, and this is where we're going to pick up in Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 to 8, and so if you guys have the UVersion Bible app, it's going to be in there under more than events, and then you'll see our church right there. All right, picking up in Genesis chapter 17, verse one. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty, walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. The whole land of Canaan, where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God. You know, you would think after hearing this, he would be overjoyed and absolutely excited to hear this. But he responds instead like this, picking up in verse 17. Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, Will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of ninety? And Abraham said to God, if only Ishmael might live under your blessing. Then God said, yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son, and you will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. I will surely bless him. I will make him fruitful and will greatly increase his numbers. He will be the father of 12 rulers, and I will make him into a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah Will bear to you by this time next year. When he had finished speaking with Abraham, God went out from him. Abraham, in absolute disbelief of what God is promising him, essentially cries out, Don't you know how old I am? Thankfully, God is much bigger than our doubts. If you know the story of Abraham, you know that God is faithful to the promises that he tells him. He fathers Isaac and has countless descendants. At the age of 99, God is just beginning to use Abraham. Abraham wasn't finished. He he wasn't on the back end of his career or past his prime. He was just starting the next chapter of the journey that God was sending him on. Unfortunately, for many of our older believers in the global church today, they see their age as either a disqualifying factor to continue or begin to be used by God, or they take the stance that they have already served their time you are part of the group that believes they missed their chance to be used by God, let me tell you today that until you enter heaven, God can and will use you, and you are simply just needing to be willing to. And if you are part of the group that believes you've served your time and you've now reached the age of faithful serving retirement, so to speak, (laughs) let me tell you, you are still needed. I cannot stress this enough. When I say that the global church is in desperate need of older, wise, and faithful believers that can mentor and raise up each and every generation that is coming after them to create a church of continually maturing and discipling believers. We need that church. And I pray that all of us, myself included, take on the attitude of Paul in this passage out of Philippians chapter 1, verse 20 to 26. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me, yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you again, your boasting Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. And Paul, he's in prison as he's writing this letter, and he points out that for him it would be far better to move on and be with Christ, something I'm sure that we would all love, right? Who wouldn't want to be with Jesus? But he doesn't just stop there and wait for his time to go by. He continues on to say that it is far better for him to remain here within the body of Christ. Think about that for a second. It is far better for him to be here and remain within the body of Christ than to depart and be with Christ. Why? Because his attitude isn't one of apathy or one where he's so focused on going to be with Christ that he isn't any earthly good to the body of believers, but rather until the end, his mind is set on building up the kingdom of God here on earth and contributing to the body of believers. There's work to be done. That time will come when we meet Jesus and that's gonna be a glorious day. But until then, there is work to be done. Our eyes need to remain focused on Christ until the end. And with a remembrance of the fact that until God calls us home, there's work yet to be done. And if you're a younger follower of Christ, don't think that you're off the hook just yet. So let's go back into the Word and read from 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 to 16. It says this, The Spirit clearly says that in later times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. I don't know, some of you are talking about Halloween that way. <laughs> Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods, which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. For everything God created is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, because it is consecrated by the word of God and prayer. If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, nourished on the truth of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. Have nothing to do with the godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God who is the Savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift which was given you through the prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. The apostle Paul, he's writing to Timothy here, and probably one of every youth pastor's favorite passages out of First Timothy here. And if you don't know who Timothy is, he is was thought to be in his teens or early twenties at the time, and he had been traveling with the apostle Paul, who was somewhat of a spiritual father to him and a mentor. Now Ephesus, they had been dealing with some false teachers and it was a growing church church at the time who had been put in charge of it, sorry, who had been put in charge of it but Paul's young associate, Timothy. A tall task for someone many today would even consider too young or immature for such a job as that. And yet Paul, one of the greatest apostles, entrusted Timothy with their care and leadership and it's something that should not go unnoticed. Just as we need our older believers to be a vital contribution to the church, we also need our younger followers of Christ to step up to the plate and realize that if they are faithful and willing to pursue God's call in their life, he will use you to make an incredible impact regardless of your age. As Paul said to Timothy, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. That starts now. To our younger believers, your time isn't 10, 5, or 3 years from now or even tomorrow. Your time to be used by God is today. We need to fight the perception that age is an indicator of ability. It's not. Faithfulness is. To our older believers, notice that Timothy was in the position he was in because he was being diligently discipled and mentored by his spiritual father, Paul we need more spiritual fathers and mothers in the church. We need them for a growing, vibrant, and healthy future where the kingdom of God is expanding everywhere that we touch. And throughout my life, thankfully, I've had the opportunity to have those spiritual mentors in my life. And, you know, they've come and gone, and I've had different ones. And, you know, some have stuck around longer than others, thankfully. Um, But that has made an immeasurable impact on my life. And I think I really started searching for a mentor um, in the 12th grade. It was my youth pastor, and I just remember going to him, and I was just talking to him about, like, literally everything going on in my life. And he helped me through a whole bunch of stuff in my life. You know, I thought it was so messed up at the time, and he helped me through that. And then I go to college, and I meet these incredible professors and staff and faculty that are there, and I meet up with them. And they were great because they had an open-door policy, and so I just walk in. And we'd talk, and I would ask questions about the classes or about, you know, faith and stuff like that. And they would provide answers far beyond my, you know, capability at the time. And honestly, even now. And uh, that made such an amazing impact on me. And that was because of mentors. You know, mentors, they don't just, you know, pop up out of the blue. You know, I don't know, maybe they have. And, you know, props to you for that. And, uh, you know, I hope that happens. But you got to go looking for them sometimes. For the younger believers, go and look for a mentor. Go and look for those spiritual um, mothers and fathers that you can turn to, where you can ask any question, where anything that you're going through, you can turn to them and be like, hey, I need prayer for this. Hey, I need advice for this. You know, for me, it was all those people. It was my parents. You know, there were so many people that poured into my life to get me to where I am today. And I still have a long way to go and I still need to be seeking out spiritual you know, fathers and mothers in my life that I can go to and I can still turn to and be like, hey, I need prayer for this. I'm not doing well. Hey, I need you know, a bit of advice on this. Or hey, you know what? I've been wrestling with this passage. I'm not really sure what's going on here. Can you help me out? You need those people. And that's how the church works together. If we're going to be healthy, if we're going to be a vibrant church that is growing in this community, in this nation, in this world, we need to be that type of church where we are working together, where the older generation is stepping up and being like, Hey, you know what? I have a lifetime of testimony of God's goodness, of God's faithfulness that I can share. I have a lifetime of wisdom and knowledge and time spent in the word. And now I can share that with the next generation so someday they can go far past where I am now. And for the younger believers, again, you guys have an incredible opportunity where you guys have so many people here that I know are spiritually mature that you can turn to, that you can ask questions, just seek them out. And I see that potential, you know, every Friday night or you guys see them up here on the stage. And I know that that goes beyond the stage. And I see the heart behind it. I see the intention behind our students when they come up and they lead. And it's not just, hey, I want to be on the stage. It's, hey, I want to worship God. And that's the type of heart that everyone needs to have. That's the type of heart that our older believers can teach our younger believers. That's the type of heart that our younger believers, that with passion and fervor, they can teach our older believers, hey, remember that time when you first came to Christ or remember that time when you were young and you were so passionate? For our older believers, I'm not saying you're not passionate. <laughs> Don't get me wrong on that because I see a lot of you and you guys are so involved with the church and you guys are so involved with serving and I love that. Just pass it on, pass it on. And my friends, I pray that we stop asking, don't you know how old I am? And that we start asking ourselves and others, don't you know the God that I serve? Because he is able to do immeasurably more than we can ever ask or imagine. And I'm so excited for the future. I'm so excited for the community being built up here because I know that people are being trained up within this community we're older believers, where younger believers, they're going to be bringing people in and they're going to be discipling them. They're going to be sharing the hope and the love and the light of Jesus Christ. And I am so excited for that. And I cannot wait. And I see a lot of people that are already ready. And I see other people who are hesitant. And that's okay. But you are also able to be used. There is nothing disqualifying you from being used right now by God except for a willingness and a faithfulness to God. That's it. Be faithful to God Surrender your life to him. Transform your life through Christ, and he will use you. So with all that being said, let's close off with a verse here from Psalm chapter 71, uh, verse 17 to 18. Since my youth, God, you have taught me, and to this day I declare your marvelous deeds. Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me my God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. Lord, I thank you so much for this body of believers here. I thank you for the passion that they show. I thank you that they are willing to serve each and every generation that comes through these doors. And Father, I pray for the ones that you know, that are a little hesitant. I pray that they would learn from some of our more mature believers. I pray that they would learn from some of the passionate younger believers. And I pray that they would know that they are not disqualified. I pray that they would know that they have unique giftings and talents and abilities that can be used by God and they just have to ask him to do it. Father, I pray that each and every believer in this room would just have a rededication to your scripture, to your word, to spending time with you. Father, I pray that... uh, this church would be a church of disciple makers. I pray that this church would look at the next generation and say, hey, you're next. You're coming up here. You're going to be leading the way. So what can I do to help? And I pray that that wouldn't just start with, you know, people who are you know, a little more experienced, but, you know, that would start all the way down, you know, to middle school. Maybe they're discipling, you know, five and six-year-olds. Who knows? Because Father, you can use any single one of us as long as we're faithful, as long as we're willing, as long as we're you know just willing to step up to the plate. And so Father, I thank you for that opportunity that you gave us, that we can be used by you because that is such a privilege. And I pray that we don't take that for granted. I pray that every day that we grow in that. I pray that every day that we just submit to your will, to your way, to your leading, to your guidance. And I pray that we would just have greater wisdom greater discernment in our lives and the strength to overcome any obstacle that comes our way. So Father, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you for thank you so much for your faithfulness. I thank you that you always keep your promises. And I thank you that you continue to be the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So may we give you all the glory, all the praise, and all the honor. Amen.